From KPMG, this is Global Perspectives with Hala Mohideen. Hello and welcome to Global Perspectives, the podcast series from KPMG focused on the big international issues and inspiring leaders helping to shape a more sustainable world where CEOs and their companies can flourish. On this month's episode, we'll hear from an entrepreneurial business leader who's putting diversity and inclusion at the centre of the CEO strategy. Denise Hamilton is the founder and CEO of Watch Her Work, a digital learning platform for professional women. Her career includes executive roles in some of the world's best-known businesses, from AOL to CBRE, and she's now using her experience and insight to empower positive change. Denise, thank you so much for joining us on Global Perspectives. Thank you so much for having me. Now, it's a, well, it's a great pleasure for us because you're arguably one of the most in-demand speakers and business coaches right now. But it does feel like it's been something of a lifelong passion for you. You've spoken about finding solutions and positivity in some of the most challenging discussions. And that doesn't sound like it's an easy task. Just talk us through why you got into this field and how you go about delivering change? Well, um, I have to put out a disclaimer. Um, I have an almost obsessively inappropriate level of optimism. Um, I think that that is the key ingredient. You know, the only people that can change the world are the ones that think they can. And sometimes we approach these conversations with such negativity, such despair, like such hopelessness. And I really focus on what's possible, right? I believe that we are a people that can do hard things. We sent somebody to the moon in basically a tin can using computers that are not as sophisticated as the ones, the phones we have in our pockets. I mean, really, we are a people that can do extremely difficult things um, and we can do um, all life altering things. And so when I approach this work, I approach it through that lens to start. Like that's the foundation of it. We have to believe that it's possible. Um, then I really believe that you have to ascribe good intent. I think that people want good things for their coworkers, for the people in their communities. We, they want to figure this out. They just may not have the skill set to figure it out. Um, I believe that inclusion occurs basically on a scale from one to 10, right? 10 being the people with all the things. They've got the programs and the speakers and the books and they do, they do all the things. And then one, at, at this, this end of the continuum, they don't even know what the letters DEI stand for, right? And the truth of the matter is, we do a lot of our talking to people at the six to 10 end of the spectrum. But we've got an awful lot of people in one to five. And so that's where I spend my time. That's kind of my specialty, creating a space that we can celebrate somebody going from one to three or two to four, because progress, all of the progress is important and is essential and should be celebrated. And let's be honest, we're kind of mad at those people, right? We want them to be better 
And we want them to be better overnight, but we've got to give them the skills, the training and the ethos, right? To make sure they understand like why this is important. What are the benefits? Um, where What are the sacrifices? And we have to talk about things honestly. So I really um, just encourage my clients to be optimistic, to be honest and to allow room for growth. Because if we don't allow room for growth of the people that are struggling, then we don't really create authentic change. We're just slapping kind of lovely bumper stickers on top of difficulty and challenge. And there is a lot of difficulty and challenge in the world right now, not just in the world of business, but in the wider world. It must be hard to maintain that sense of optimism with all that going on around you. Where do you get your sense of optimism from and how would you encourage that in other people? Uh, Well, I think that um, you only look at it that way if you think of history as a snapshot instead of an arc. I think of history as an incredible arc. There there was a time when women, women couldn't vote. Women couldn't have a credit card. Now we have three women on the Supreme Court. That would have been this inconceivable, even 20 years ago, right? And so I see this as a moment in time. And I think that um, we are all in constant um, negotiation, constant renegotiation of rules, of mores, of norms. Um, There was a time where if a woman walked into a police station and said, my husband raped me, she would have been laughed out of that police station oh, that's not possible, ma'am, they would have patted her on her head and sent her on her way, right? That's not true today. Why? Is the crime any different? No. Women have aggregated our power, our ability to negotiate what we care about, the issues that impact us, and we've been able to articulate the things that need to be changed in order to best protect us. I think those processes are happening all around us. So even as we see the ugliest things being pulled out, I kind of look at it like a cancer. You can't treat it until you find it, until you know where it is and the ugliness and what it looks like, and you really give weight to the damage that it's creating. That's the only place that you can fix it. So where this feels like a really ugly, contentious time, I would submit, if you look at the arc of history, that this is when all the good, juicy bits happen. And um, so I'm here for it. And I want to be a part of leveraging this moment of change to create the changes that I want to see in the world. And I really want to invite people to think about it that way. Okay, you see something you don't like? How do you aggregate the people that are like-minded and make the changes that really address these problems going forward. Um, So I don't see this time in history as terrible or horrible. I see it as the kind of the fertile ground, the Petri dish for authentic change. And authentic change is happening at a business level, but there are critics who argue that business leaders are really only now embracing some of these big societal issues like gender parity because a light is is, only, is being shone on it right now. Do you get a sense that companies are actually taking these challenges seriously? You know, it's a mixed bag. Um, and I think that the, the companies that will win this century are the ones that do take it seriously. Um, it's okay if you're making change because 
people are challenging you to make change. I don't know. Sometimes we say that like that's a bad thing. Companies are only doing these things because they're being compelled to. Okay, great. The pressure is working. The, the, the marginalized voices are being aggregated in such a way that leaders have to listen. I think that's good news, right? So I think that there are companies that are still resistant and who are um, really trying to find every way around doing this work. And we will see, I think those companies will go the way of the dodo. They're not gonna, they're not gonna uh, survive the next uh, 50 years, maybe not even the next 10. But um, I, I see, I get the privilege because I work across so many different kinds of companies. Um, I get to see people every day really doing the work. And I mean the real work. Like I specialize in leaders sitting with leaders and helping them to think this through and to, to equip themselves with the skill set. Because the truth of it is, going back to my continuum of one to nine, a one to 10 rather, you may be a nine at selling widgets, a 10 at fixing sprockets. That doesn't mean you know a thing about diversity, equity, inclusion. You may be a solid two or three. Well, can a leader in today's environment really raise their hand and say, I don't know. I don't understand. I'm not sure I agree. Can someone talk me through this? Not really, right? So luckily I've been able to kind of um, work with clients that are courageous enough to kind of let's close the door and let's you and I talk about what authentic change looks like and what the driving principles should be. It is very easy to develop a list of cool things that you can submit in your report to the shareholders, right? We have a employee resource group and we did a diversity day and we did, and, and I'm not knocking those things. Those things are great, but they're not the work. Right. And and um, the companies that are willing to do the real work and to cultivate the authentic change, whew, those folks are going to dominate the next century. We'll return to the second part of our interview with Denise Hamilton shortly. But first, let's hear from KPMG's Global Head of Inclusion and Diversity, Christine Remedios. Christine, it's great to have you with us on the podcast. We've been hearing from Denise Hamilton, and I was struck by how she described her business model as providing solutions that support employees. Does that resonate with you? Firstly, Hala, thanks for having me. And yes, that, that's actually a great question. It absolutely does resonate. Um, you know, diversity is about people. And in the work environment, you know, it's it's not the brick and mortar that create our work culture. It's our people. And so I wholeheartedly agree with Denise that supporting our employees and also including them in creating solutions is critical to the work that we do in DEI. And, you know, one of the things I often think about is that the topic itself of DEI can be very personal, right? It's, it can be very an, a, a very emotional topic for many people. And it's complex, as everyone has their own perspective and view. And I sometimes think that it's because of this that organizations sometimes feel that it's easier to, or, or even faster, to just step inside a room with a small group of people and come up with DEI solutions or a strategy. But I think we know that doesn't always work, right? So there needs to be a balance of bringing in the voices of both your people um, if you're truly invested in this. We've heard a great deal over the last two years about inclusion and diversity. 
But do you think these topics are finally now being taken seriously at boardroom level or could CEOs still be doing more? And, you know, I often um, kind of think about one of our pivotal moments for us um, was at the start of the pandemic when we saw this rise in social justice conversations across the world and organizations where the business community were being called upon and challenged really to respond. And this could have been, you know, one of those moments to huddle, make a list of everything we've done over the last several years and come up with a quick response. And what we decided to do kind of within our firm, which I would say at the time felt um, like a big risk for us, was we actually took a pause. We built in time and we engaged with our people. And yes, this meant that we may not be the first to go out on social media with a plan or a statement. But what it did mean for us is that we could be more thoughtful, we could be more transparent, and we could co-create a strategy or solution with our people. And so, you know, Hala, one of the things that we did when we go back to thinking about, you know, supporting employees and supporting our people is we actually optimized the virtual environment that we were in at the beginning of the pandemic. And we invited our people into a 72-hour virtual online conversation where they had the opportunity to, you know, give us their thoughts, give us their ideas. Um, We created a safe space where they could be transparent and open. And what this did for us is it actually made and gave us so much more richer information. Like we had 17,000 people participate in this three-day conversation. And the outcome and the solutioning that came from that, I don't think we would have been able to get that without without that input. So um, absolutely, wholeheartedly agree with Denise. KPMG appears to be taking a far more proactive approach to inclusion and diversity. What, in your view, is driving that shift? And give us some examples of the work you've been doing to make a difference. So I would say, yes, you know, I do believe that DEI is being taken much more seriously and and I'm optimistic it will still continue kind of in this direction. Um, You know, after being in the field for close to 10 years now, I have definitely seen a shift and not just kind of, you know, um, in one specific area, but in in various different areas. So I've, I've kind of felt this in conversations that are taking place not only at the corporate level, but right down to interactions with colleagues, with friends, with family. So outside of the work environment as well. And I think what we've also started to see is DEI is now being built into corporate strategies and roles are being created within organizations to lead and support this work. So it's definitely a growing conversation. Um, And in addition to that, I would say, you know, at the same time, over the last few years, we've seen this heightened focus on ESG. And we know DEI is also a key component of ESG reporting and requirements, which also speaks to kind of the seriousness um, and the direction in which we're, we're heading in. The other piece, though, that I would say to that, which uh, which I think has been interesting in terms of, you know, is it being taken seriously is, you know, I've been watching and hearing the organizations that had started this journey, you know, pre-pandemic, and they really kind of leveraged and accelerated their pace and gone deeper, I would say, in DEI initiatives. So whether that is looking at their resourcing, whether that's looking at budgeting or new reporting or accountability to the leadership levels. 
And then you've got on the on the other side is organizations where maybe diversity was nowhere on their radar, but now the conversation has elevated to the CEO board and leadership level. So I think it's it's definitely been moving in a positive direction. Christine, thank you for joining us on Global Perspectives. Now let's return to the second part of our interview with Denise Hamilton. The work that you're describing, it's not easy at all. And while a lot has been achieved in the last few years on issues like gender parity and social empowerment, there's an awful lot left to do, isn't there? What advice do you have for CEOs who want to drive positive change, but they don't know how to approach it in a robust but sensitive manner? Mm, It's such a great question, Um, because this is where the rubber hits the road, in my opinion. First, um, a guiding principle for my whole life. Don't believe everything you think. We are shaped by our stories and our leaders are no different. We're shaped by the experiences we've had our whole lives. And we have to understand that we've got a little deprogramming to do about how we think about women in the workplace, um, how we think about gender roles in terms of childcare, how we think about um, salary needs of men as breadwinners versus women. Like we have some decoding work that we've got to do. And um, I think if you're a leader that's really serious about that change in the world, you've got to be serious about that change in yourself and really make sure that you're willing to take on um, what I call the homeostatic forces in your organization that always want to maintain the status quo and push against the very necessary changes that are required to take an organization forward. Um, We like kind of homogeneity, we like replication, we like simplicity in our organizations, right? That's that's what a, a company is. It's a group of mores and norms. It's the way we do it. It's our company way. And what's diversity? It's challenging that way. It's challenging our norms. It's um, um, making us rethink how we do things. Why do we do the uh, Monday morning meeting at 7.45? Can we do it at 8.15 so the parents don't have to worry about dropping off their kids and attending the meeting? Like there are so many small changes that can be made and there are they're the seed of the big changes. But it all starts, in my opinion, with releasing kind of your idea that the way things are, are the way things always should be. And um, as soon as you're willing to release that and to embrace this concept of like, don't believe everything you think, then you can really listen. You can listen to the women in your organization and you can hear their fantastic suggestions, right? If you don't have a way to listen to the people that are in your organization and to challenge them to bring you actionable ideas and then act on those ideas, you are missing a treasure trove of wisdom and expertise that can help you be a better leader. So the best leaders, in my opinion, are the ones who are really open uh, and really willing to embrace a new reality, to allow for a new normal, even if it requires sacrifice on their part. Um, and that's that's the that's where the the magic happens. Of what are we willing to let go? to create the organizations that we want and the organizations of the future. 
That's so inspiring. Denise Hamilton, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. Thanks for joining us on Global Perspectives. I'm Halima Hedin. Join us again next month where we'll be chatting to another inspiring business leader. And if you want to hear more of KPMG's global podcasts, head now to home.kpmg.com.